How's everybody doing on this nice, cool morning? Isn't it great this morning? Kind of made you want to get up and come to worship, didn't it? But Or yawn, or... If you're visiting with us, you are our honored guest. You come in in the middle of a series we're doing. We've been getting messy. Our sermon series is called Messy. So a couple weeks ago, our sermon was, What Does Messy Look Like? And last week, our messy people welcome here, and we will continue on with our messy series today. I, I guess another messy sermon People have been telling me that for about 17 years. Um, about three weeks ago, Spencer called me and he said, Hey, Dad, you want to go to a Mavs game? We did this last year. Um, the Dallas Mavericks start their preseason, and usually people, not very many people go to preseason games. I mean, compared to it being packed, it was far from packed. So, Hey, Dad, you want to go? I said, Sure. And he said, I'll find us some seats. Last year, he found us some seats that were about five rows off the floor. So I thought, okay. And he said, well, we need to do something different. And I thought, well, those are pretty good seats, I thought. So I go over there, and we have some pretty awesome seats. We were about three rows off the floor. I was about 15 feet from Mark Cuban, the owner. I mean, I could have, Kelly said, ask him for some money. <laughs> so I sent her a picture, and I'm like, I don't think I'll be able to get that close. I don't know if you've ever been to uh, the American Airlines Arena. When, when you, you, you don't even have to walk in the door. They have people stationed outside to tell you where to go. I mean, they immediately want to look at your ticket. And they'll send you in the door, and when you go in the door, there's somebody to look at your ticket. And then you can start going down the corridor, and they'll tell you, you know, your seat such and such. And you go in here, and when you go down, you know, we were in 113. When you go down, there's someone right there. I mean, there's somebody stationed there. And then when you get halfway down, there's somebody stationed there. And then when you get a little further down, there's somebody stationed there. You can't go anywhere without somebody looking at your ticket. They want to make sure that you have access to the area where you think you're going. There were two little boys that took off running in the middle of the game, and they came by me and Spencer, and they shot this way, and you'd have thought it was a terrorist takeover. I mean, they, they came in on those two boys, and they asked, and those boys pulled out their tickets, and they had better seats than we did. <laughs> they just wanted to know if we had access. I mean, we had access to some pretty good seats. So Spencer said if, if they'd have been playing the Lakers in a playoff game, these seats would have been about $1,500. We didn't pay that much money. You know, that commercial, um, tickets to a Mavs game under $100. A small thing of um, M&M's, $4. Um, a night with your son is priceless. That's kind of what it was. But we had to have access to those seats. Otherwise, we were excluded. We know what it's like to be excluded. We live our lives in a society that's all about being excluded. Think of the emotions that come to your mind about a time that you were excluded. I can go back to fifth grade. When I was in fifth grade, we moved to East Lansing, Michigan. My dad was a distinguished visiting professor at Michigan State University. So he loaded five kids in a station wagon. Remember the station wagons? The very, very back seat looked out backwards. And 
that's a whole other story. And so we moved to Michigan. I can remember the first recess on the playground. You remember when you're in lower grades and you've got two captains and they choose sides. I'll take you, I'll take you, I'll take you, I'll take you. And then you're left. I can remember being left because I was the new guy. You know what it's like to be excluded, whether you're in those lower grades, whether it's sports. You remember when you're going out for a sports team and, and you can't wait for the day that they post the list and you go up just to see if your name's on the list, to see if you're included. And if you're not on the list, you're excluded. And then you get to college. I can remember when Sydney pledged a club in college and she was so excited and she wanted to be in this club and she didn't get in. And it's overwhelming when you're excluded because people are better or people are smarter or you're the wrong race or whatever it might be. You're the wrong size. There's all kinds of reasons why we are excluded. You didn't get the loan. You didn't get the house. You didn't get the neighborhood. You didn't get in club ball. You didn't get the job. You didn't get. We know what it's like to be excluded and not have access. It happens all the time. And then we know what it's like to be included. When you get that invitation, when you get invited, when someone accepts you on Facebook, <laughs> I mean, you're so excited. Get a life. Anyway, so you're so excited about that. We like to be included. Everybody likes to belong. We join clubs to belong. We join Rotary to belong. We join Club Ball to belong. We like to be in groups where we are included. And then there's church. And we're going to talk about messy church a couple weeks down the road. But then there's church. People come here and they walk in these doors. They don't even have to walk in these doors. There's people who want access to God. And, and then there's church. And people don't always feel included. You've seen that commercial on TV. I think it's a Geico commercial. Um, Dikembe Mutombo, big tall guy, used to play in the NBA. And it, it's really kind of funny. Some kid takes a box of cereal and he's going to throw it in a deal. And, and Dikembe just slaps it and he says, not in my house. You've seen that commercial? And someone tries to throw some trash away and boom, he hits it, not in my house. Sometimes I wonder if that's church. We've got people saying, not in my house. You're not going to dress that way here. You're not going to talk that way here. You don't believe like we believe. You, you drink and you smoke and you not in my house. Almost as if we spend more time and take more pride keeping people out than we do in bringing people in. Not in my house. There's people in the world that just want to be included. You know, they've done statistics. They've done research. 80% of the people that you would invite to church will come if they'll just get invited to church. 80% will come. They want to come. They want to belong. They want to be included. They want access. And yet sometimes our small groups get a little cliquish. We don't want anybody else in our small group. Sometimes our Bible classes get a little clickish. Sometimes our worship gets a little clickish. Sometimes we get a little clickish. Kind of like we said last week, sometimes we create a, cult, a church culture for us. People that look just like us. So if Messi shows up, we, we don't know what to do. If Messi gets vocal, we don't know what to do. If, if Messi smokes or drinks or cusses, we just give looks like, whoa, 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 whoa. 
and people feel excluded. Is that really the kind of church culture that we want to create when you consider everyone wants to belong? I mean, as a church, we should thrive on messy. I mean, if we're honest, like we've been trying to be for a couple of weeks, look around. We're messy. Oh, we don't share that. We dress up. We look good. But we're struggling. And we're lonely. And we get rejected. And we have all kinds of issues on a day-to-day basis. We just want to belong. Listen, folks, being a member here is not about behaving. Maybe I ought to say that again. Being a member here is not about behaving like we behave right. Remember our sermon last week? There is no distinction. We're all sinners. Being a member here is not about believing. What, Richie, did you just say? Because we all believe different stuff. Being a member here is not about perfection. If it were, we wouldn't have any members here. Being a member here is about... Well, let's go to our text today. Our text today is Matthew chapter 9. If you want to turn to Matthew chapter 9... In Matthew chapter 9, if you're not familiar with Matthew, it's the first book of the New Testament. Matthew is, is uh, writing this, and in this story, Matthew's telling us about Matthew. Matthew's telling his story here. It's kind of interesting. Verse 9, Matthew 9 and verse 9, as Jesus went on from there, he saw a man named Matthew. Matthew's the one writing this story about Matthew. As Jesus went on from there, he saw a man named Matthew sitting at the tax collector's booth. Now, we need to stop right here because you need to know about Matthew and you need to know about tax collectors. If you're thinking your life is bad and people are looking at you, you need to look at Matthew. If you need a confidence boost today, you need to look at Matthew. You need to know about tax collectors. They were hated. They were the outcast. And sometimes the timing of amens catches you off guard. In that day, Rome would sell the rights for you to buy a tax collector's booth. And Jewish people, they would auction it off and Jewish people would buy the right to tax Jewish people. And then you could set up your tax booth anywhere you wanted to. Jewish people taxing Jewish people. Now you know why they were hated. Now you know why they were the outcast. And you could tax on anything you wanted to. As long as you paid Rome their bill, you could tax on anything you wanted to. And they taxed on everything. So Jesus comes up and he sees Matthew sitting at the tax collector's booth because he was a tax collector. Matthew was as messy of a person as you could find. We'll illustrate that even more here in a little bit. And Jesus says to him, follow me. Jesus says to one of the most hated people of the day, follow me. Jesus invites one of the outcasts of the day Will you be in my group? Now, if you were one of the followers, Jesus has already got people following him. If you were one of the people following Jesus, you're thinking, whoa, 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 Jesus. This is Matthew. This is an outcast. He was ceremonially unclean, not even allowed in the synagogue. 
He was an outcast. He was scum of all scum. He was a tax collector. So that ought to make you feel better about who, whatever you're thinking about yourself today. Jesus picks the messiest of all messy people and says, Hey, will you follow me? Matthew gets up and follows him. It's kind of interesting. Verse 10 says, Well, Jesus was having dinner at Matthew's house. Now, wait a minute, wait a minute. It's one thing to say, follow me. Now we're going to his house. Imagine the people following Jesus. Wait a minute, wait a minute. First you said, follow me. Now you're going to his house and you're going to eat with this guy? Jesus, I guess you don't care too much about your reputation. Because you're with a messy person. Jesus, I don't guess you care too much about our reputation. Because we're hanging with you and you're hanging with them. So guilt by association. This doesn't look good. Jesus, you hanging with these Messy people. Many tax collectors and sinners came and ate with him and his disciples. I mean, who else is Matthew going to invite? His only friends were tax collectors. And you need to realize, tax collectors were so bad, they had their own category of bad. Many tax collectors and sinners. You could be a murderer. You could be a prostitute. You could sell drugs, but at least you're not a tax collector. I'm just a sinner, but I'm not a tax collector. Many tax collectors and sinners came and ate with him and his disciples, so the disciples are still there. Now, folks, this is messy. This is hugely messy. This is reputation messy. But evidently, Jesus is not too worried about messy. Sinners came and ate with them, with Jesus, with the disciples. These disciples had to be a little uncomfortable. Just like churches today when messy people show up. These disciples had to be a little uncomfortable that he picked Matthew. Uncomfortable that he went to Matthew's house. Uncomfortable that he's eating with Matthew. Uncomfortable that Matthew invited all of his tax collectors' friends and word gets out and the sinners are even showing up. They had to be a little uncomfortable. And here's something else they probably didn't like. And here's something else we probably don't like. All Jesus asked Matthew to do was follow. That's it. He comes up on Matthew and he says, Hey, will you follow me? That's it. That's it. He just invited Matthew into the group. He doesn't tell him to change anything. He doesn't tell him to quit collecting taxes. He doesn't say, get your life right first. He doesn't say, give up everything. He doesn't say, rededicate your life. He doesn't even say, you need to obey me. He doesn't even say, believe. He just says, will you follow me? And invites him to follow. That's been the invitation of God from the beginning. Hey, will you follow me? That's been the invitation of Jesus from day one. Hey, will you follow me? That's the invitation that we received. Hey, will you follow Jesus? Even people who don't have their lives right are invited into a relationship with Jesus, especially people who don't have their lives right. What other choice is there? Who has their life right? Jesus doesn't bring up Matthew's past. He doesn't bring up Matthew's baggage. He doesn't bring up Matthew's messiness. He just says, hey, Matthew, hey, listen, listen, listen. Um, we're heading on down. Will you follow me? 
It's the same invitation everyone should receive. Will you follow me no matter their baggage, no matter their past, no matter what they believe, no matter where they've gone to church, no matter their sins, no matter how many times they've been married, no matter if they're divorced, no matter if they have an addiction, no matter if they've been in jail, no matter their race, no matter their color, no matter their social status, no matter. No matter. Everybody needs an invitation to follow Jesus. No matter. Everyone should be invited no matter their messiness. Jesus doesn't say change, clean up, obey. Jesus doesn't say any of those things. And yet we say, well, Richie, people got to obey. Jesus didn't ask him to. Well, Richie, there's rules. People have to follow some rules. Jesus didn't ask Matthew to follow any rules. I mean, seriously, we don't even keep the rules. We don't even keep the rules we ask our kids to keep. We don't even keep the rules we ask our employees to keep. We don't even follow the Bible the way we want people to follow the Bible. What rules do we want people to keep? Listen, church, you can believe and not be following Jesus. You can behave and not be following Jesus. The Pharisees believed and the Pharisees behaved and they're standing outside. So it's got to be more than that. And yet Jesus just invites Matthew into a relationship. Listen, church. Listen, I don't want this to sound derogatory. I don't want to preach to a church that's just about believing. I don't want to preach to a church that's just about behaving. I want to preach to a church that wants to follow Jesus. And those things fall into place. But following Jesus is a priority. Churches that just believe right and just behave right, they don't follow Jesus. They become Pharisees and they're on the outside. And they get hypocritical and they get judgmental. And they say, you know what, if you'll be just like us, which is what the Pharisees said, if you'll change and be like us, if you'll change, you can join us. And Jesus says, if you'll join us, you'll change. I mean, think about it. When you start following Jesus, that's when your life starts to change. That's when you start making different decisions. That's when you start doing different things. And yet the world thinks because they tell us, well, I need to get my life right first before I join your group. No, you need to join our group so that you can get your life right. Just follow. Just follow. Listen, folks, when we start judging the messiness of people, we start being like the Pharisees. And when we start being like the Pharisees, nobody's going to be a part of our group. Is messiness welcome here? That was last week. Is messiness invited here? Oh, that's a lot different. We can say, oh, messy people are welcome here. Are we inviting messy people here? Big difference. Jesus invited Matthew into the group. And it sounds like that's pretty good news because people need salvation. Listen, folks, Jesus was more comfortable hanging with messy people than he was church-going religious people. Just look at this story. The church-going religious Pharisee people were on the outside and Jesus is eating with the messy tax collectors and sinners. Jesus was a whole lot more comfortable with messy people That's why he'd be comfortable with any of us. If Jesus was here today, he wouldn't be uncomfortable hanging with you. 
You read on. When the Pharisees saw this, they're following. When the church-going religious people saw this, when the Pharisees saw this, they said, Why does your teacher eat with tax collectors and sinners? Why does your teacher eat with tax collectors? Our teacher would be at the synagogue. Our teacher would be at church. Our teacher would be hanging with us. Why is your teacher hanging with these messy people? And Jesus heard the conversation and... It says on hearing this, he said, it's not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. Imagine Matthew listening to this story. Oh, well, wait a minute, wait a minute. So you're saying I'm sick, Jesus. You're saying all my friends are sick. I can just imagine Jesus saying, you're tax collectors. Oh, yeah, you're right. We're sick. Jesus came to hang with messy people. Jesus came to save people who were lost in their sins church-going religious people who don't think they need Jesus? It's a whole other story. Jesus even says to the Pharisees, the Pharisees who spend their life trying to learn the Bible, the Pharisees who try to spend their life learning, Jesus says, go learn what this means. Go learn what this means. I desire mercy and not sacrifice. Go read your Bibles and see why Jesus came. Go read your Bible. You go learn what this means. Jesus would rather hang with messy people, and He invited messy people into His group. Are we? Are we inviting messy people? Again, are we trying to keep people out, or are we trying to bring people in? You see, I think somewhere along the way... Somewhere in your past, somewhere in the past of the church, somewhere in our teaching, we convinced ourselves that God only likes good people, obedient people, people who dress right, people like us, church people. We've almost convinced ourselves, well, you know, we're the ones going to be saved. Somewhere along the way, we started thinking we're the only ones. And why wouldn't we be? Look at us. Why wouldn't God save us? Somewhere along the line, we convinced ourselves that church is only for people who talk like us and believe like us and get their lives right first. Somewhere along the way, we lost our way. You know what happens when we invite people to follow with all of their baggage and all of their sins and all of their past and all of their mess? You know what happens when you invite people to follow the same thing that has happened to us when we follow Jesus? Our lives change and our speech changes and our outlook changes and our decision changes and how we treat one another changes and how we treat our families changes. That's the way it's supposed to be when we follow Jesus. You don't follow God so that He'll love you more. You follow God because He loves you already. But somewhere along the way, I'm afraid to say, I think we've gotten rather inclusive, a little judgmental a little pharisaical. And we started judging and excluding, and we stopped inviting. I was too young to know the statistics, but from what I'm told, in the late 50s, early 60s, we were the fastest-growing church in the nation. I'm just guessing because we were inviting people to be a part of our group. And, and we've so lost our way that we're so afraid to invite people in, that we're so afraid that we might make them feel guilty that we don't invite at all. I mean, let's be honest. When was the last time you invited someone to be a part of our group? 
We start saying, well, you know, we're weird. And isn't it funny? We start saying, well, we're weird and we're messy and I'm not sure. And we start describing how they probably are. And like we start making apologies. When was the last time you invited someone? Oh, we rationalize. Well, they don't have the same values. They don't believe the same way. They, they, they're weird. They're psychotic. They're, what's that word there? They're, what's that, what's that word there, Richie? They're messy. And we started thinking church was just for us. So I have a homework assignment for you today. I'll go way back. When I was growing up, in the church that I attended, we used to sing a song. I think I've shared this with you before. So this is your homework assignment. This, this is what we need to be doing. You know, saying messy people are welcome here is one thing, but inviting messy people is another. So how far are we willing to go, church? I said this last week. How far are we willing to go to get messy? Are we willing to start another service? If we don't want messy here, then let's just advertise to the church our messy worships on Saturday night, our messy worships on Sunday night, our messy... When, when are we going to get messy? Or when are we going to plant a church where the messy will come? Because messy people need the gospel just like us. So when are we going to start inviting messy? But I came across this song. Let's put the words of this song up, Kelly. I think this was 1936. Lead me to some soul today. Oh, teach me, Lord, just what to say. Friends of mine are lost in sin and cannot find their way. Few there are who seem to care. Few there are who pray. Melt my heart. Fill my life. Give me one soul today. That's all I'm asking that we do this week, church. Would you pray that people come to Jesus? Would you pray for friends of yours that you know who need Jesus? Would you pray? Would you pray, Lord, when I encounter those people, I don't know what to say. Will you give me what to say? Because the Bible says God will do that. Would you have on your mind, hey, there's people that need Jesus. Folks, you're surrounded by messy. You don't have to go looking for messy. Like I said, look in the mirror. And then look at people at work. And then look at people that you hang with. I, I'm not saying go looking for messy. I'm saying be attentive to messy. And Lord, is there something, is there somebody that I need to just say something to about Jesus? Would you lead me to just one soul today? Because isn't that what we're supposed to be about? Is including people and not excluding people? I think it's time we stopped being exclusive and it's time we started inviting people. So back to the Mavs game that Spencer and I went to, we had access to some amazing seats. Not everybody did. Not everybody had the access. But there were people standing there determining who had access and not. We don't need to be those people who determine who gets access to church. We just need to invite. And we need to be the kind of church that welcomes. And we need to be the kind of church that accepts. And we need to be the kind of church that tolerates. And we need to be the kind of... Folks, if we don't invite them to follow, how can we ever teach them about Jesus? We need to start inviting some folks. 
I like Romans chapter 5. Therefore, since we've been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand. People in the world want access. Isn't it time we started inviting people to have access to Jesus? We offer the invitation of Jesus every week. Jesus invites us into relationship. Let's start inviting people into relationship. Again, I'm not asking you to go looking for messy. It's all around. People who are struggling, people who are lonely, people who are rejected, people, it's all around. Don't you think there's some folks that need Jesus? If you need Jesus today, you have access. Jesus gives us access to God. Isn't that great? You don't have to go through any ceremony. You don't have to jump through any hoops. You don't have to take a Bible quiz. You have access to God today through Jesus. If you need access to God today, we'll pray for you. Our shepherds will meet you in the back and they'll take you to a private room and they'll pray for you in private. If you want to be baptized and be joined with Christ, we want to do that for you today. If you need to respond to the invitation, please do so as we stand and sing.